It's starting to get chilly outside, which means the spooky season is right around the corner. If you're looking for a frightful and fun way to be festive this October, we would love for you to join us this Halloween in Denver at Jad's Mile High Smoke for our very first in-person live show. It's going to be an absolute blast. There's going to be a solo and couples costume contest, joint and blunt rolling competitions, live tastings, a full-service cannabis bar, a dope raffle prize box, vendors, and over $300 worth of stony accessories and sweet treats that'll be dished out throughout the night. You definitely don't want to miss it. And if you want to snag your tickets today, be sure to hit the link in the show notes and head on over to the eventhigh.io page. Tickets were originally on Eventbrite, but in traditional smoke-to-smoke fashion, we got banned from there. So the Eventbrite page is actually just a portal over to the eventhigh.io. Prices start at $30, but are a little bit more if you want to reserve a spot in one of the rolling competitions. We can't wait to see you there. This event is for Canon consumers 21 and up only. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I'm going to have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. A lot of you were expecting an episode last night, and for that, I apologize. I'm not sure what happened, but a wave of sleepiness washed over me before I was able to upload the episode, and the next thing I knew, it was 6 a.m. the next morning. So without further delay, let's get back into action. For this very special episode of Smoke to Smoke slash Room to Shroom, We'll be chatting with Noah Novello, CEO of Friday Ventures, to find out more about some of the THC and magic fruit testing he's been doing. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While making an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I got from my own research. Please do not use this podcast medical advice, and be sure to consider a physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Hey, Noah, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we get started, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. Thank you for asking. So uh, introduce yourself for the lovely folks at home. Tell us what you do. So I'm Noah Novello. I'm a founder, CEO, and lead scientist of Friday Ventures. I've spent the past 10 years growing, extracting, improving, and developing products for some of the biggest brands in Colorado and California. And in 2021, I decided to start building a team of experts that uh, have a lot of experience in regulated and unregulated cannabis and psychedelics uh, in order to offer consulting, education, and analytical testing to production companies, uh, as well as individuals for personal use. 
Gotcha. So you basically make it to where companies are able to have access to do testing on different things, whether it be their fruits or their cannabis buds. But now you've made it to where it's more accessible to people who are just doing it on more of a home grow level so they can find out more information, too. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, both of those um, uh, customers, um, you know, can really benefit a lot from knowing the, the potency Definitely. It's very interesting to know uh, just when you're doing your first few grows, getting the hang of it, not necessarily how well you're doing based off the potency, but just how consistent you're keeping it based off of just the conditions that you're trying to regulate within your environment and just kind of keep base off of that. It gives you a good reference point to see how you're doing. Absolutely. There are so many variables uh, when it comes to cultivation and extraction uh, and product formulation, uh, once you start to learn how those variables affect your product, uh, you can really uh, have a lot of control and make some really high quality stuff. So what makes you so passionate about cannabis and mycology? So uh, I took an interest in neuropsychopharmacology at The Ohio State University. Uh, which is a study of how drugs work in the brain. Um, so cannabis and mushrooms and psychedelics definitely fall into the category of drugs, and we learned about that. Um, then in 2011, uh, I was working with the autism community in Cleveland mm-hmm. and sustained a major back injury uh, during a client crisis. And over the next two years, uh, doctors had, had built me up to more than 20 pills a day including opioids, NSAIDs, muscle relaxers, neuropathic drugs. Uh, and I was still in a lot of pain and unable to, to function. Yeah. Uh, then a, a good friend had moved to Colorado to grow and extract cannabis. Uh, and he introduced me to vaporizing hash oil, uh, which uh, resulted in immediate breakthrough melt away pain relief. Um, so I'd always kind of enjoyed the recreational aspect of cannabis and uh, was using it to help the nausea from uh, all the medication I was on. Uh, but once um, I had that large concentration, you know, a rapid absorption through uh, through a dab rig, um, that was like the melt away uh, pain relief. And that's when I really became passionate for cannabis and uh, made the move to Colorado and less than a week uh, after I got my medical card was went from 20 pills a day to zero. Uh, and then I got involved with the, with the industry and, um, you know, really learned everything about growing, processing, extracting, isolating, refining cannabis to, to make products that are consistent uh, and beneficial. Uh, and, um, as far as the mycology, um, you know, annual psychedelic experiences has kind of fueled my, my passion to learn more uh, and help share um, those types of substances um, with, with others. Okay. So really because in your lifetime, it's had such a profound effect in changing just the way you were functioning on a daily basis to where you were actually just that able to function from once being on all these medications and now just being able to manage your pain on just a day-to-day basis and still interact with people, still be mentally present. And just, it's very nice to hear these stories because time and time again, we see a lot of people that have 
suffered issues from different opiates, like being prescribed them just to get rid of any type of like last ditch effort to get rid of pain and just the higher dosages and stuff. It really doesn't necessarily help. It kind of just makes it, it makes it worse. And then it gets to where you're just kind of trapped in that dependency of that medication. So being able to get yourself off of that in a healthy way is always something that's just such a delight to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really amazing how how much cannabis can uh, improve your your quality of life, um, and the the side effects, um, you know, mentally and physically from the pharmaceutical medication um, is is far far worse um, than anything that the the cannabis does, and we've found ways to control the ratios of cannabinoids. Uh, and various um, routes of administration, like making a salve, um, uh, in order to you know avoid um, the intoxicating effects and still be able to drive a car or um, you know uh, uh, participate in, in normal activities um, that the uh, opioid medication was preventing me from doing. Mm-hmm. So you said that it got you passionate about learning about testing and different things and that aspect of cannabis and these different products. Do you make your own or was this really just to give you that motivation to help businesses make better products for patients? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love to, to grow at home uh, and, and produce my own products. Um, I think one always feels that you know, when they're actually producing it themselves and they're giving it all the love and attention, it's it's going to be better, better than anything you could buy from a store. Um, so I do um, like making my own uh, products uh, for personal use and helping out uh, friends and family. And the idea of working with, you know, large uh, companies is a way to really um, make as much of this as possible and, and helping those companies uh, reduce their costs, increase their yields, in the end, helps lower the cost for the for the customer and, and creates more access. Um, that was kind of my my mission um, when uh, I started using cannabis medically was to make as much of it as possible, um, and um, you know, kind of did that by by getting with um, some of the largest producers and retailers. Uh, in the state and, and in California and helping them grow even bigger um, to be able to provide, you know, millions of people uh, w- with access. Nice. So what is really THC and psilocybin testing and how does the process work? So <clears throat> what I'm uh, currently using is an HPLC, which is a high performance liquid chromatography. And there, there are hundreds of different compounds uh, in, the, in cannabis and in mushrooms. Uh, so what an HPLC does is it has a, a chromatography column where uh, the, you take an, uh, an extraction of the cannabis of the mushroom. Uh, so it's now uh, in a liquid form and it passes through the column and the column is able to separate all the different compounds um, based on how they move through the column. Uh, then uh, spectroscopy is used, uh, which is a series of lights um, that are able to determine the chemical composition. 
And those results uh, get compared to a standard, which is a, a pure sample uh, of the compound, whether that's THC or psilocybin. Uh, and then you're able to compare um, your results with a standard, uh, and that gives you uh, your potency test. So imagine you had a bag of Skittles, uh, and a bag of Skittles is your cannabis bud. Uh, and you pour the bag of Skittles in the top of the column, all the red ones come out first, and then all the green ones, and then all the blue ones. Uh, so with the cannabis and mushrooms, when you put your extraction through, all the THC is going to come out at a certain time. The THCA will come out at a different time. The CBD comes out at, uh, at another time. Um, so that's kind of how uh, the testing process works. Uh, and it takes about 10 minutes to, to prep the sample, um, to inject it into the machine. Uh, and then the runtime for the test is, is about another 10 minutes. Okay. So it takes about 20 minutes in total before you'll see results. Correct. Okay. And so the way you're describing it, it sounds like it just slowly goes through this process of extracting different, um, abundant chemicals within either the THC or within the cannabis plant or within the mushroom to see like comparing it against that just um, standard sample to get an idea of just the general potency in comparison, whether it be stronger or weaker. So is it different for like um, different strains or does it, does it really just kind of like, this is the overall general, it doesn't really matter if it's like the indica, sativa, the terpene levels or anything like that. So um, how the machine works is um, you, 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 you tell the machine um, kind of what kind of range to be looking for. Mm -hmm. So if it's an extract, I'll prepare the machine to be looking for a, a higher concentration and that way we can get more accurate results. Okay. Uh, for, uh, it's generally the same process for, for any, any type of material, whether it's biomass or a chocolate or a gummy or a drink uh, or an extract. Um, it's all uh, gonna get dissolved in a solvent and then put through the, the column. Okay. There are other ingredients, for example, in, in chocolate or gummies um, that might interfere with with your test results. So um, we are able to uh, identify what those problem ingredients are and then kind of filter them out so we get an accurate result. Okay, so after you do all this testing and get the results, does it give you like a general idea of like, okay, so it's testing at such and such percentage, this would be X amount would equal one dose. Yeah, so the machine um, will provide a QR code and give you that raw data and the chromatogram, which is the, the visual data um, that you get. Um, it'll tell you the, the percent uh, by weight of how much of the compound is in your sample. Um, then what, what I do is I create a, a COA, which is a certificate of analysis. Mm -hmm. And to make it easy for people to understand and be able to use the, the raw data that, that comes out of the machine, um, I create a dosing chart um, that is kind of specific to uh, the type of uh, sample that's been submitted. So for example, if uh, somebody submits a mushroom and it comes out at 1%, uh, that means there's gonna be 10 milligrams of psilocybin for every gram of mushroom. So if you're trying to, to do a microdose, 
or you're trying to do, you know, at one milligram, um, I'll include uh, the, the calculations um, for someone to be able to know how much weight of mushroom it's going to take to um, produce a product that has one milligram or 10 milligrams or 50 milligrams. Gotcha. Okay. I really like that. I like the certificate of analysis because as I've gotten further and further into my own just exploration with different products, I've strayed further and further away with products that have less and less amount of information on them because it just, you don't really know like all these different companies that are out there, what you're putting into your body necessarily. So if I can't see the testing on at least like what the makeup is or some general idea of potency, it doesn't really, I don't want to really fuck around and find out with that. I've just, I've had too many negative experiences just from being over trusting in something saying like, oh, it's only got a certain milligram of like CBD or Delta eight. And then it being like, just knock your socks off. Yeah, yeah. It, the 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 testing is is really important um, because it, it provides you with the the milligrams of the active chemical. So that's what you're actually getting high from. That's you know what's producing all all of the effects. Uh, so just like cannabis, um, all the edibles are, are dosed at you know ten milligrams, mm. um, and so it's you know can be predictable when you have uh, a product and it's been tested and it says 10 milligrams, uh, you're going to feel the effects of 10 milligrams. Uh, with the mushrooms, the, the potency is so significantly different um, that it can really, um, you know, affect the way uh, somebody's feeling when they're just a, a lot of places are just putting how many grams of mushroom. So what if the potency of that mushroom is three times or four times as much? Exactly. Right. So it doesn't really line up. Once you know the milligrams of the active chemical, then you can say, okay, I'm, I'm taking 10 milligrams of psilocybin. And that might be a half a gram of mushrooms, or that might be two grams of mushrooms. So it all depends on, on the potency, how much active uh, chemical is there in order to, for you to control, really control your, your dose. Uh, and what I've seen is like a lot of these strains are, are four times, five times stronger um, just between uh, different strains. So, I mean, imagine, you know, you had a, a, in cannabis, if you had a, a, a joint that was at 10% uh, versus one that was at 40%, that's a, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, and in the uh, psilocybin world, a 10 milligram dose and a 40 milligram dose is very significantly different in the intensity yeah yeah like um even when i was telling you earlier on before we got started the fruits that i recently harvested usually when i'm doing my um testing for strain reviews uh, for oscar like my sealy i noticed that two um two grams is about the threshold of where i'm starting to feel the effects nothing too profound but enough to where i'm able to just kind of um, delve into the experience and kind of get the most out of it but with the fruits that i grew um i'm i'm not really sure how to really two two grams was a lot it was it was it knocked, it knocked my socks off for sure on that yeah. one because i well i haven't gotten them tested yet and it was just kind of based off of 
uh, my general idea is like the more the darker the fruit is the more potent it might be and they're like purple on uh-huh. on the uh-huh. bottoms so yeah there's there's a lot of factors that that play into potency you know when you're when you're growing the temperature humidity uh the size the age of them how fresh they are how they were dried uh the condition of the cap when you when you picked it you know did did the veil break did the cap completely open up um and it's different for for all the strains yeah Uh, some some strains um you know stop producing the psilocybin at a certain point and they, uh, you know, the, the ideal harvest date is right before that veil breaks and other strains, uh, seem to continue to, uh, produce the active chemicals and get more potent, um, as the cap con- continues to kind of fully mature and, and, and completely open up. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting to, to learn about, uh, the different strains and, and, um, how they like to be grown. Yeah, and my husband went to a class um, last night. He was came home super excited about it. It was like the Pikes Peak Psychedelic Convention um, of the their like Facebook group. They were holding like a little, um, basically like a class. They're teaching you about like inoculation, and he found out there that apparently after your third or fourth flush, the fruits might even lose potency there too, which I didn't know. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's actually you know I, I started um, growing recently. Um, I've been testing and um, making products and, and extracts from mushrooms for a long time, um, but I'm just diving into the to the cultivation part, and um, it's it's really fun, and, and I'm starting to test between the different flushes to to um, to see if that's true. Okay, well, you're definitely going to have to touch base and let me know about that. We've <laughs> just kind of been picking them, drying them, and putting them all in this one big old glass jar together. So it's kind of like one big harvest. At this point, they haven't been separating it by flushes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's another reason why I started um, growing at home so that, um, you know, having the tester right here, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm able to um, really uh, play around with some different growing conditions and the different sizes uh, from the same flush and um uh, you know playing around with different strains and testing fresh mushrooms and different drying methods mm. um so it's been uh it's been really fun and i'm, I'm learning so much and the the strains are, are really different than each other there's there's really not one solid like hey this is the way you you grow mushrooms it's like they all like to be uh, you know grown a, a little differently yeah, I've seen so many different methods from using Uncle Ben's rice to popcorn to just like these different types of grains, growing it out of a bucket and drilling holes so they fruit out of these different sockets and just so many different creative methods that it's just, it's so, I can't wait to really just delve into it and try once I get more comfortable with it, getting more experimental. But for now, I've been really comfortable with just bulk growing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's fun once once you um you know get a few rounds in and you start noticing little different things about the mushrooms. Uh and I've been kind of testing um all the theories that that um I've heard about, you know, over over the past 20 years. Um you know, the caps are are, are the caps always stronger or are the small ones versus the big ones. Um and it really does depend on on the strain. Okay, so you haven't really found one set answer yet. 
No, no, not yet. Most most of the caps are are, are usually uh, more potent than the stem. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I just tested one recently and it was the exact opposite. Mm, okay. so, so I had to throw that one out, out the window. Well, dang. Okay, okay. So um, this might be a silly question, but you're talking about this machine you got at home. How easy is it to get one at home just for anybody? Do they sell these on Amazon or something? Can you go to a Walmart? Like, Where do you get these machines? Um, so I, I do sell this machine. Um, I work with a company called Orange Photonics, mm -hmm. uh, and they uh, developed it for cannabis, um, I believe, about seven years ago. Um, and that's how I found out about it is I, I use this machine to uh, develop a lot of products in California and uh, make decisions for the for the grow, for the sourcing, uh, for the greenhouse, indoor, outdoor, in, in the lab, um, and to uh, develop uh homogenization methods and, and new formulas. Uh, and it's really, an, it was an amazing machine. Um, usually potency tests, um, you know, they can be expensive. And when you send it to a lab, uh, it's, it's generally at least 24 hours before you get your results. Mm. Um, so to be able to um, really get my, my, my potency answers quickly um, and be able to compare a lot of samples uh, I started using this machine and then worked very closely with the company and um, helped kind of dial it in for the psychedelics. So this machine is is available. Um, it starts at about 15,000 okay. um, for the units that do just mushrooms or just cannabis. And then about 20K for the one uh, that'll, that, that can do both. Okay. And you said, do you have this on a website or do you have it like part of a storefront that you kind of sell out of? Uh, Orange Photonics has a, has a website. Okay. Um, I think you, you, you can't buy it directly um, through the website um, or you can get in touch with me um, and I'll hook you up with a bunch of consumables and good deals. Okay, okay, and we will be sure to have all that linked in the show notes after this chat, just so listeners, if they're interested in potentially checking that out, they can go reach out to you and get more information on getting this product. So how much do you charge for each test you do? Uh, so I charge uh, $50 uh, per sample. Um, that comes with the with the COA that has all the information and pictures and uh, a QR code uh, that you can use, uh, as well as the the dosing chart um, mm. specific to, to your product. So if you're just consuming it raw, or, or if you plan to make you know chocolates or, or a product out of it, uh, you'll know exactly how much mushrooms to put into each dose uh, to achieve your micro dose or your medium to small. Uh, or your mystical dose. Uh, and then I also do, you know, discounts for um, if people are testing in bulk. Um, and um, I, when I'm at live events, I usually give, give people a good deal when uh, I, I'm set up mobile uh, and doing a, a live events around Colorado. Okay. What type of live events do you typically do around Colorado? Tell us about it. So right now, um, at the last Thursday of every month, is uh, the Denver Spore Society monthly meeting. And that's at the, the Karma House in Lakewood. Okay. And um, it's a really great event. 
Um, it's put on by Denver Sport Company, and um, they're always there with a with a booth. And sometimes they'll have uh, some guest speakers. Um, so I've been uh, setting up there, and you know, it's pretty much a mo- mobile lab. So you can bring your uh, personal sample and get it tested right on the spot. About in about twenty minutes, you'll uh, have your results, and you can hang out and. Um, connect and network with other uh, psychedelic mycology people and uh, Karma House is a, is a kava bar so you can try some kava. Mm, okay. Okay. So just as a reference, on average, how much typically are just usual strain testing? Because $50 for a fully stacked COA with the dosage and everything, that sounds like quite a deal. What Give us like give us the full scope of what the actual prices are generally like in the market. Uh, it depends on what lab you're using and um, what else the, it is that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen individual tests up to $200 uh, per, per test, um, which is a little, you know, it's a little steep. Um, and, and so I'm trying to kind of make it affordable, um, you know, so your everyday kind of household home grower for personal use, um, you know, is, is willing to, um, you know, have access to this information, uh, which is really going to help them, um, dose properly, you know, do harm reduction and improve their, their cultivation skills. Okay. So what's the best process for getting in contact with you and getting genetics tested? Um, so you can reach out to me on uh, social media. Um, you have to be over 21 for these uh, services. Um, you can call, text, email. Um, I'll have a website up soon. It's uh, fridayventures.net. And on um, on Instagram, it's also Friday Ventures. All right, and I will be sure to also have that link in the show notes as well. So you're just saying basically reach out through like DM and stuff, or there's going to be like a portal on the site where we can actually contact you directly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right now, the best way is probably through through Instagram. Um, that's where I'll be posting about all the the live local events. Um, and little meetups um, that I'll that I'll be at. The website will be launching soon, and you'll be able to schedule testing through the through the website. And then um, also considering having a little brick and mortar, um, uh, so that people can walk in and um, uh, you know ha- order services and have some educational classes. Um, so that's kind of uh, in the works. Okay. Okay. Work in progress. We'll definitely have to keep posted on that. So how do you go about promoting your business? Uh, usually through, uh, through social media and uh, local community groups that I find through Instagram and Facebook. And um, there's an app called Meetup um, that I've been finding some, some good um, psychedelic professional groups. Um, I, I, I'm trying to do as many of these events as I, as I can. Um, I had a, uh, I had a booth at maps at the maps, uh, psychedelic science conference, uh, with orange photonics, um, and met a lot of, uh, good people and good connections, um, through that conference. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Now you said, what, what was the name of that app again? Meet, meet up. Yeah. Meet up. It's like, uh. 
it's it's like a um it's like a community based um uh source for finding like interest groups and events and they do they have um, little meetings through zoom and that's how i found out about a couple of the psychedelic uh kind of community groups um and it's, it's all really great people some people who you know have been doing it for a long time underground and other people who don't have any experience but they're just really interested um, so I'm trying to, to connect, um, you know, with the psychedelic community because I, I feel like this is a, um, a much needed uh, resource uh, for making good products. And so that therapists can, who are doing uh, and using psychedelics um, are able to um, accurately dose their, their, their clients and uh, also using it as, as a harm reduction. Uh, un- unfortunately, I, I have come across a lot of products that are labeled as mushrooms and being sold as mushrooms, um, but it's actually a synthetic uh, research chemical and there's no mushrooms in the, in the product at all. Uh, so I feel like it's a, it's a good tool for, for harm reduction because um, the machine can also test uh, for those synthetic chemicals for ACOBNT. Um, that that's being um, you know disguised as, as mushrooms and, and sold um, on the black market. Oh wow! And what did you say the name of that chemical was again? Uh, it's four ACO DMT, and it's like uh, some people call it synthetic psilocybin because it, it is similar in structure, but it's not a like natural um, source. Okay, and this is different from like those legal high mushroom gummies that you see in like smoke shops or is it? Um, don't really know, you know, um, it is possible, um, that, um, that is, uh, sometimes what's, what's being sold, uh, in the head shops. Some of those products are contain, um, Amanita muscaria, which is a, a different type of mushroom that has psychoactive effects. Um, and that is legal. And usually it will say that on, on the packaging. Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that from time to time. I just hadn't heard of this chemical before. So I was wondering if people were saying Amanita, but actually it was the guise of this other chemical. Yeah, usually if, if it's saying Amanita, then that most likely that's that's what they're they're using. Um, but the I think the uh, the the big kind of danger or concern is kind of black market. Uh, branded chocolates and gummies that are advertised as psilocybin mushrooms. Um, but instead it, it's um, containing some or part of um, a, another chemical. Yeah, that can be very dangerous because it um, is the chemical lethal in higher doses. We don't know. It, it's a um, it's considered a, a research chemical, which means um there's not a lot of data behind um, how how deadly uh, it could be and in what dose. Um, so that's kind of where uh, the concern comes in. Um, if you eat, let's say you, you consume 10 grams of mushrooms, right, we, we know that like your, your, your body isn't going to shut down. You're going to have an, an intense experience, mm-hmm. um, but it's not uh, going to cause your, your body to, to shut down and those kind of serious uh, health issues. Um, with research chemicals, nobody really knows um, how much it, it takes, you know, to re- to overdose on it and what kind of problems 
long term or short term or short term um, could be caused um, by these uh, kind of newer uh, drugs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That that's not good at all. Then. And is this like a new development, or has this been around for a while? Um, well, it's been around for th- that that chemical has been around for a while, but I think with the increased interest and relaxed laws um, uh, around um, mushrooms, um, you know, I think people have um, seen an opportunity there, um, and um, you know. Uh, people don't realize that this is this is a thing that's happening, and so you know I've been uh, uh, around the the drug scene for for a while, and um, you should you know always be cautious of those sorts of things. So when people that are a little older um, and they haven't been around um, you know mushrooms uh, for a long time, there uh, it seems like people are very trusting of anything that that comes their way that looks like it's been uh, professionally packaged. It's a good, um, uh, it's a good thing to spread awareness uh, about um, that. You know, don't necessarily trust um, you know what the packaging says until we get to that point where the packaging has a batch number, it has a date, it has a contact information, it has test results. Um, those are the the types of regulations that are going to get put into place to help prevent this sort of thing that's going on. Yeah, that's one thing that always has confused me when I'm online seeing different, like, very nice-looking packages for different psychedelic chocolates or gummies. And I'm just not even... I'm not really understanding the full process of the legality when I'm seeing things like that because I wasn't aware you were even allowed to sell. So why are these products even coming to market then? It's kind of right, not- right. Definitely not. Yeah, not legal to to sell, uh, yeah. especially like over state lines or over country lines. Um, so some you know some people take that take that risk, and you just need to be very very cautious of those types of products. Yeah. So um, one last question before we get into some fun questions. Uh, you said that you do mainly testing on psilocybin when you're testing mushrooms, but do you also test for functional mushrooms as well? Because I see a lot of products now coming to market in like um, big chain retailers that are like m- mushroom mushroom coffees or um there was a package i've seen from like dollar tree which i'm just taking that out the grain of salt but it was like a functional gummy package of dollar tree gummies and just how do you do you test for like potency or just any type of accuracy in those types of things gotcha so right now the um the machine that i'm using doesn't test for that Mm -hmm. um it, uh, the, the orange photonics is, is specially designed for psychedelic mushrooms and cannabis, uh, which makes it incredibly user-friendly uh, and mobile, um, but it does uh, uh, limit the, the compounds that we're able to check. Mm-hmm. And that's where some of those other labs that might be a little bit more expensive or the, the process takes a little bit longer. Um, I've seen those other labs that are uh, able to test um, for the compounds that people are looking for in those sorts of mushrooms. Uh, I have tested a lot of uh, products that ha- contain lion's mane and, and cordyceps and other functional mushrooms, uh, and you can see them uh, in the chromatogram, but it, it won't tell you a, um, 
a, a potency for uh, the chemicals that are um, in those other functional mushrooms. Not yet, at least. Got you, got you. Okay. Hey, it's me, Miss Cadabra. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Rollers Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith glue in a wide variety of different flavors. Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass Tips and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. Before we get back into today's episode, it's time for The Spore You Know. I've gotten the pleasure of welcoming Oscar of Mycelia Unlimited back on for the show's latest segment. From time to time, Oscar will pop by real quick and drop some knowledge on us regarding some of the ins and outs of mycology, including important figures, terms, and even how to get into mycology yourself. So, hey Oscar, what do you have for us today? Hello everybody, Mycelia Unlimited here. And so today, for today's recording, um, this is kind of an emotional one. I, whenever I get into these types of topics, I kind of, it's very easy for me to just want to keep talking about it. But um, I'm going to just kind of give you the gist of it and then just leave it open and in your hands for you to do your own personal research and kind of get involved in, in this topic. So the topic that I have today is Maria Sabina. And a lot of people do not know who she is. And if you do know her, it's kind of a, oh, she was just like a shaman or a curadora, you know, or a sabia in Spanish. Uh, so sabia stands for like a, a wise woman or, um, you know, in Western uh, terminology, we know them as shaman. But um, I'm going to start this off by uh, one of her poems. She was also a very renowned, uh, uh, her her chants and incantations were recorded and translated from her, from her language. Um, when she used to go into her um, veladas, which is like her experiences or her ceremonies, and she would, um, anyways, chant these incantations or just kind of um, this. This is a poem. Okay, in short, I am the woman book that is beneath the water. Says I am the woman of the populous town. Says I am the shepherdess who is beneath the water. Says. I'm the woman who shepherds the immense says I'm the shepherdess and I come with my shepherd says now this is a section of a book and chant written by Maria Sabina and it was translated by Alvaro Estrada so let's get into who she was um, Maria Sabina was born in Huatla de Jaminas and and the La Sierra Mazatec um, region of Mexico and that is a region in uh, Oaxaca in southern Mexico. Um, she was born in July. It is rumored, it's not really, um, if you kind of read some of the books, um, no one really knows what exact date or year she was born, but it is rumored that it was the 22nd of July in 1894. And that's kind of funny because I think today we're on the 19th, but it's pretty close. Um, so 
who was she and you know how does she what kind of influence or what why are we talking about her so she was known for her sacred mushroom ceremonies called veladas right and these are directly in relations to psilocybin mushrooms maria maria sabina was a curadora known in the mazatec community and what she's known for is for in kind of like i'm just going to quotations the popularization of indigenous mexican rituals with in, in ethnogenic mushrooms right among westerners and this is just kind of the introduction right so like let's get into how she impacted the psychedelic boom right one of the things that i remember as a um, young adult I was like 12 years old and then we would uh, always go to Mexico um, was the we would go shopping to these little stores called Tianguis, right? Or like these little sh uh, street shops in these in the city um, in the Mexico City, uh, just the federal district. And we would buy these shirts and posters of Maria Sabina and her face on them and just, you know, her either like partaking in some smoking or, you know, just holding a mushroom. And even at a young age, since I had not partaken, then I did understand the like the the impact she had on the counterculture in Mexico and and just what she meant to a lot of people back then. And you know, as I grew older and, and I became more involved in this, I started to learn like the real story of like what happened to her. So let's get into it. Now, Maria Sabina was a very well known curadora um, or sabia and her play with the um, the recent psychedelic boom will comes in contact with a man named Robert Gordon Wasson. Um, and he is a recognized and acclaimed ethno, uh, ethnomycologist and a PR. So I said he's a public relations uh, VP for JP Morgan back in the day. So you can just to kind of paint the picture of where this is going already. Okay. Um, it's kind of sums up the like, the just the like colonialist like exploitation of you know the mushroom of psilocybin mushrooms. Um, so what happened was Robert Gordon um, or Robert met Maria Sabina basically, and partook in a ceremony with her, and basically took mushroom sports back with him back to um, I believe at the time he was in New York or something. But he met with uh, uh, Albert Hoffman which everyone knows who Albert Hoffman is. He is the man who discovered, basically synthesized and, you know, discovered LSD, right? So he took these sports back to, to Hoffman and they basically created, you know, the attention buzz and just the Western media and cultural buzz around what psilocybin is. Soon after, uh, Wasson wrote an article for the Life magazine titled Seeking the Magic Mushroom. And there is a lot more to the history, but eventually what happened was without his consent, he revealed Maria Sabina's identity and location, which then led to the popularity of Westerns, uh, Westerners you know, visiting the hometown of where she was at. And um, just to give you an idea of how big of an influence this had, it is rumored that people uh, such as John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, and even Disney himself um, are rumored to have visited her and had ceremonies with her. Um, you know, and it, why is this maybe, you know, like what happened or what were the results of this? You know, it for me, the more like if you read some of the books that I will list after this, um, it, it just it's just cries cultural appropriation, you know, bio prospecting and just colonization 
of something that you know was once it is sacred still but you know let's just get into it you know what happened to her in short because of this um the popularity and just the like massive movement that the town uh, attracted um the Mazatec community ended up blaming Maria Sabina for revealing, you know, and ruining cultural customs and causing a series of horrible events. Um, after or this caused a series of horrible events that ended up blacklisting her and casting her out from her community. She was jailed and her son was murdered um, because of this outrage from the locals. And you know, it's just very sad to like if you read some of the books or just do some research, it's sad that in the end, she 100% regretted that she had ever introduced these ceremonial practices to Islam, you know, who is famously credited, you know, in the sense of, you know, a, colon, a colonialist like language of discovery for psilocybin mushrooms. That is what he is known for, right? Um, and it's just, it's just one of those sad stories. But if you wish to continue to, you know, dive deep into this uh, topic, I would recommend some books. Um, the first two are by Alvaro Estrada, which is The Mushrooms of Language and the Uniqueness of Maria Sabina. Um, another book is Los Hongos Alucinantes. And, and this book is in Spanish, but for anybody out there, this is a really good one that can read Spanish by Fernando uh, Benitez. And in this book, he dispels many of the rumors about her life. And the final book is by Tom Lane. Uh, titled The Sacred Mushroom Rituals, The Search for the Blood of Quetzalcoatl. Of Quetzalcoatl. Um, and yeah, so I want to finish this one with um, just like, it is a lot of information. And every time I bring this topic up, or just kind of want to chat with people about it. Um, like when I meet someone who's really into this and I just bring it up, like, do you know who Maria Sabina is? And it's kind of saddening when they're like, no, I just, wasn't she like, known for mushrooms and that's pretty much what you know that's it and it doesn't and then i tell them about it and they're just kind of like whoa i did not know that um and i just want to leave this leave you with this thought is that this um what is happening now um the boom that is happening now with with psychedelics um it can hold a very different meaning for a lot of people um and you know just keep that in mind that some people take this for ceremony, some people, this is like actually like a, a religious thing for some people, um, or just people just are very, can, can hold a, it can hold a very different meaning for a lot of people. And we need to respect that and be aware of how powerful this can be. And also just, you know, be mindful of the, the history and, you know, share the story with, with somebody else, you know, do some research, look into it because, you know, it would be great. It would be great for, people to actually know who Maria Sabina was and what, how she impacted this whole thing that is, you know, that we're seeing um, come up right now. So anyways, uh, my name is Oscar Ortega. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us and let's get back into the episode. Well, before I let you go, I've just got some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. All right, let's go. All right, so this one's a two-part question. What's your favorite strain of one, cannabis, and then of two, mushrooms? Okay, so so cannabis, I got to go with a, a 20 to 1 uh, CBD to, to THC mm-hmm. uh, strain. Uh, like uh, Harlesu is one of them. Um, so uh, that uh, 
when they make propane hash oil uh, out of that strain, it's it's the most medicinal product I've, I've ever been able to find. Uh, uh, as far as the flower goes, a- anything funky, fruity, and skunky um, is really is really my choice. Uh, it's it's hard to pick one. I really because I like to switch it up a lot. Um, I like I like OGs and I like uh, anything with the tangy. It's got a nice sweet sweet citrus. And as far as mushrooms, um, there's there's one strain in particular that uh, I, I've really liked, and it's called Thai elephant dung. Uh, and it's um, you know it's a really strong strain, and just had you know beautiful uh, experience uh, with that one. Okay, okay. So next up, what is your favorite sport to watch, and why? Uh, I like to watch skateboarding. Uh, because they're 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 always innovating and um, going bigger, and anyone can create their own unique style. Okay, okay. What rule do you wish they would introduce into your favorite sport? Um, so there, there's really not a not a whole lot of rules in, in skateboarding. So I, I would say for all other team team sports that. Um, they should change the rule about uh, gender discrimination and just have all athletes um, participate uh, in the same league. Okay, that's a very interesting take. Uh, I've definitely seen a lot of people debate on this particular matter because it's just some people don't feel like it's necessarily fair to have everybody on the same team. I don't see why it necessarily matters if everybody's going to have just – I feel like if everybody's on the same team working together, you'd have more of an equal playing field, no? Yeah, yeah. So next up. What's a weird thing you have nostalgia for? Uh, I, I like cheap sunglasses. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I, I go to a lot of uh, conferences and, and events, and um, they, there's always the same kind of Ray-Ban knockoff cheap sunglasses in, in different colors and different styles. And um, you don't get mad if you lose them or sit on them. <laughs> so I like some cheap sunglasses. Okay, okay. So next up, what's an incredibly common thing you've never done? Uh, I think for, for Colorado, uh, I've never done skiing. I'm, I'm a big snowboarder, um, but have never strapped on a pair of skis. So I think that's, I think that's uncommon for uh, a, a Colorado resident. Okay. Yeah, that's something I'm, I might get into. I don't know. I feel like I will break my neck or something. I'm very, <laughs> very scared. I'm not very, the, I'm not the most agile person uh, per se, but it does seem like I need to, I need to do a little bit more outdoor adventuring here. Oh yeah. That's what, that's what is so great about Colorado. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's like, there's so much to explore that we haven't yet. Like we went to Garner the Gods and just looked around, saw a little bit of the Red Rocks and man, it's just everywhere you look is breathtaking. Oh yeah. Yeah, we just spent the weekend in uh, in Marble, uh, which is near Car- uh, Carbondale uh, and, and Aspen. And it was just so incredible. We saw so many stars and shooting stars on wildlife. Uh, waterfalls. It, it was magical. And I'm just not used to having that much just visibility where I'm able to just see that far in front of me and just to the expanse. I'm just so used to like 
uh, concrete jungle per se um, <laughs> in Nashville that like here it's just like, whoa. <laughs> but um, next up, what is your favorite thing to do by yourself? Uh, do by myself is uh, I like to play loud music and get weird in the lab okay. and, and make uh, make new products, uh, whether it's kind of figuring out a new new extraction method uh, or a way to infuse um, uh, an edible type product. Um, that's kind of my favorite thing to do. Okay. What have been some of your favorite things to infuse or do you not really delve too far outside of the box? Um, so right, right now I have, um, you know, basic kitchen equipment. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, I like to do, um, different chocolate bars. Um, and that way, um, I, cause I already have a mold, um, that is, is pretty perfect for, for holding, uh, about, um, about one gram, um, and being able to, to, um, break the servings off, um, nice and evenly. Um, so I'll do um, lots of variations, uh, different types of chocolate, and then kind of adding a, a, a different type of coating uh, on there. If that's, um, you know, something crunchy and salty um, or something sweet, something with, with fruits in it and, and different flavors. I also like to infuse um, different types of condiments. So that, um, you know, whether it's cannabis or, or mushrooms, um, you can always, um, you know, use the right ingredient. Um, so your, your end product uh, isn't going to have a, a big generic taste. So I'll, I always have um, an olive oil and a coconut oil and a butter. Um, and that way I can always, I can use um, those uh, different infused ingredients to really add it to anything. Uh, if we're going to make uh, some, some heady spaghetti or a baked good um, or add it to, to a steak um, or a, a cocktail drink, um, it's, it's good to, I, I always have a variety of uh, infused um, products that you can add into really anything. Oh, okay. Very nice. I got into infusing butters recently. I got a stovetop infuser that I um, just put a little bit of like shake into this little, it's like a, a strainer. And then you put the butter towards the bottom of it. And it just like, it basically boils on the stovetop and just filters this butter through the cannabis and makes just very tasty butter. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, for, for accurate dosing. Um, you know, uh, uh, oil, you know, works really well, mm -hmm. but the, the best edibles I've always had, um, we used, I used to call it 30 hour butter, um, and just, you know, cooking the, uh, the plant material, uh, in the, in the butter for a minimum of, of 30 hours. And it, and it's really strong in flavor, uh, and it's, and it gets really, really dark. Um, but it is, it is consistently, um, you know, the, the, the type of edible, um, that I'm looking for, um, when I'm making something that I, you know, that I want, that's going to put me to bed, um, or it's going to help with some, uh, some pain relief. Um, because, uh, there's something about, you know, really, really cooking it for, for such a long time, uh, that really pulls everything, uh, out of the plant and have definitely noticed the difference when I use the same, uh, the same flower 
and and cooking it for two hours versus cooking it for 20 hours, um, you, you can get a really different end product. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and then you're able to control, like if you want an edible that's um, a little more sedating, or do you want one that you, you're, you want to eat during the day and you're kind of still able to function, um, it's always good to, to have that, uh, have that variety. Yeah. I like personally haven't gotten too complex into making uh, a vast variety yet. I've been sticking with one strain and just trying to get comfortable with that. But like the butter that I've ma made, it's been a very like unappetizing looking color, like a dark green, but mm -hmm. it's, I, I try to um, have it go through the strain process probably like a couple times just to make sure that it's getting all that, like uh, all the plant material out of it that it can. Mm -hmm. And like so far, I've had no problems with it. It only takes like it does not take 30 hours by any means. Uh, I don't think I've been comfortable leaving the stove on for that long, but it takes maybe I want to say 25 to 30 minutes to like come like start um, boiling on the stove once it makes kind of like a like a whistling kind of like a kettle noise that's when you know that it's ready to pull off and it's um fully processed and then i just run it through a second time just to get that um full potency out of out of it cool yeah yeah as long as you're 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 kind of remembering you know the steps that you're doing to create you know a consistent product that you really like um, that's, that's where everything gets really fun. Yeah. Uh, so next up, what's your favorite way to waste time online? To waste time on I wouldn't call it wasting time. I would call it researching. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a, uh, there's a website called erowid.org. It's E R O W I D. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a user generated website that, um, I've been wasting time and researching for, for many years. Um, and it's basically a vault of, uh, plants and drugs, um, and a source for information, um, about the effects, uh, the laws, the, the dosing, the chemistry, the health recipes, uh, journal articles, information, trip reports. Um, so it's been a really good, uh, resource. Um, and I was able to meet with the founders at the, at the maps conference and kind of talk to them for a little bit. Uh, and they do some really, uh, really good stuff. Um, because they're just put it, they just put the information out there. Mm. Um, and they're, they're working on some really interesting, uh, projects. Um, and you know, for, for, for people who do choose to, to use psychedelics, um, it's a really good resource to to learn about the the substances that you're going to be taking, um, you know, before you actually consume them. So you can know what to expect, how long it's going to last, um, you know, um, you know, maybe dangers to 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 avoid, pros and cons. Um, so it's it's a great resource. I've definitely found myself getting lost on there for a few hours before. It's so interesting looking at other people's trip reports and just, it's, <laughs> I, I, it's so fascinating. I'm just like, I, I love it. It's like probably the best resource online besides like, cause Reddit is like, okay for that. But a lot of the stories kind of like are, you hear the same thing over and over again. I like the diversity and experiences that I'm getting from the Earlwood. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they do some, you know, there's some vetting, so, um, you know, they have, uh, and they work with testing labs as well. Um, so they're able to kind of match up, um, those trip reports with the dosing, with the test, with the testing lab, um, and, and provide, you know, valuable information that's, that's, um, you know, great for harm reduction and great for de- developing products. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, finally, from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home one last time how to find and follow you online? Yes, yeah, so on Instagram, check out uh, Friday Ventures. And pretty soon we'll be launching uh, the website. It'll be FridayVentures.net. And you'll be able to see everything that, that we offer, um, education and products and, and analytical testing. Um, you know, whether you're a, a major manufacturer, producer, uh, or you're somebody who's growing, you know, at home for the first time, um, it's going to be uh, launching soon. FridayVentures.net. All right. Well, Noah, thank you so much for joining me today. I had Oscar join me recently, which will be a conversation coming out around this time that this one releases, uh, talking about the testing that he got done. But I wanted to get get directly to the source, find out more about it from you. So I'm so glad that you were able to find the time to stop by the show and chat. Yeah, thank you so much. Oscar's great. I'm glad that uh, he was able to, to introduce us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's been getting me a whole bunch of interesting connections out here in Colorado now that we're doing the Shroom to Shroom show, just trying to get more in the know about mycology, and he's been a huge help for that, and you have too, so thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you around. Yeah, thanks. Are you looking for some new goodies to spice up your stash? How about some expertly made and lab-tested baked goods and other innovative infused products that have been made from scratch with plenty of love? And hemp, too. Well, how about you check out Smoke to Smoke's affiliate, Snapdragon Hemp. Based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Snapdragon aims to bring an exceptional variety of infused products right to your door. They've got some delicious classic standards like cereal treats, cookies, brownies, and chocolates, but they've also got some hemp-derived Delta 9 slushies and peanut butter, Delta 8-infused honey, and even THCO maple syrup. Where else do you know makes fantastic eccentric goodies like this that taste so good? Nowhere but Snapdragon Hemp. And be sure to check out their site, snapdragonhemp.com. And to save a little bit of cash off on me, use code SMOKE2SMOKE at checkout. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number two, S-M-O-K-E at checkout. Enjoy! Hey you! Do you have a question you want to ask or want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoke2smoke420 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on the podcast website. Please be sure to give us a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke finally has a newsletter? That's right. The new best way to stay connected with the show as things ramp up is through the newsletter. 
With the increased amount of censorship and privilege removal from Instagram, the chance of getting deleted seems extra high. So, if you hadn't had the chance, head over to smoketosmokepodcast.com, click on the High Maintenance Newsletter tab, and fill out a few quick details to sign up. When you join, you'll get exclusive access to special giveaways sponsored by Caligars and the affiliates of the show, Find out when new products release on the affiliates and sponsors website, and even better, if you live in Colorado and you have an interest in mycology, you can sign up for the Myco Enthusiast section to gain access to promotions, discounts, and giveaways hosted by myself and the show's partner Mycele Unlimited on genetics and grow kits for educational and research purposes. Don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my Canada adventures, and for educational cannabis and mycology content, you can check out Smoke to Smoke's main and backup pages, Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast, and Smoke to Smoke underscore productions on Instagram. Again, the podcast is still currently pretty hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way to help this show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming right now so that you're the first to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream, and don't forget to reach out to Noah if you're in Colorado and need some fruits or herbs tested. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday. For real this time.